Eddie Stevens, and welcome to a special edition of Eddie's Podcast. We will be doing a series of podcasts where we are interviewing candidates for Delta Sigma Pi national offices, which will be decided this August 2021. Our first guest is a candidate for the North Central PVP. Ladies and gentlemen, Noel Miller. Noel, are you with us? I am. Thanks for having me, Eddie. Noel, great to see you. Noel is married to David. She has uh, they have a little boy, Jordan, and um, she has some non-humans in her life. Her two cats, uh, Al and Una. And uh, if you follow her on Facebook, you certainly know about her horses, Sierra and Cody. Uh, Noelle, how are you doing in this uh, winter freeze? <laughs> uh, we're a little cold up here, but it's starting to thaw out. I'm looking forward to some sunshine today and some warmer temperatures. Well, I appreciate you uh, joining us on this podcast, and it's our intent to interview candidates running for um, Delta Sigma Pi National Office, and uh, you are our first guinea pig, so welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, you are a legacy. That means you have other family members who are brothers. Can you briefly describe that situation? Sure. Um, so I was fortunate to grow up in a house with two Delta SIGs. My father, Leon Niles, is an initiate of the Epsilon Lambda chapter at RIT. He actually founded the Kappa Lambda chapter at Binghamton during his graduate school career. And he served on our board of directors as Gulf Western Regional Director in the late 80s. He's the current district director for Phi Omega at Cleary University. My mom, Gail Baumer, is an initiate of Alpha Kappa Chapter at the University of Buffalo. She worked with my dad and Fred Lipsy, a former PVP, to install Lambda Nu at Texas A&M College Station in the 80s, and she currently serves as the North Central Provincial Alumni Development Chair. My aunt, Ann Schulte, is also a brother. She was initiated at the Alpha Kappa chapter, and she worked with Nick Steinkraus, Beth Keith, Jim and Gail Gerhardt to install Lambda Tau at Bentley University in the late 80s. She currently supports chapters as a professional speaker on investments in finance. Last but certainly not least, my little brother, Richard, was initiated at Lambda Xi, Grand Valley State University in 2012, and currently serves as their district director. That is a lot of family. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting you, I think, back in 2007 during our Centennial Congress uh, back in Orlando, and that was right before you became your Provincial Collegian of the Year. Um, and you were part of a colony um, as opposed to a traditional chapter. What did you think of that experience? Yeah, so for our collegiate brothers out there who might not know about colony life, um, when I was considering Albion College, the one issue I had with the school was there wasn't a Delta SIG chapter. Um, having decided that I was majoring in business and growing up with two Delta SIGs, I knew that I wanted to be a Delta SIG myself. Thankfully, because of my family's legacy of fraternal expansion, I knew that that issue could be rectified. Um, the colony process is a unique challenge, and it's a wonderful opportunity for the members and the alumni brothers who are involved. Where the average collegiate brother comes into an established chapter with a blueprint for events, established policies, meetings, and of course, bigs to help you through the pledging process, colonists are instead offered a clean chalkboard. And every mark that you make on that chalkboard is your own. 
You build your chapter operations from the ground up with the advice and support of central office and your district director, in this case, my uncle, Fred Lipsy. The bond between colonists has, is incredibly tight because we worked together for over a year to earn the right to call each other brother. Um, so for me, it was an incredibly rewarding experience. And as I tell every brother, if you ever have the opportunity to work with a colony for either a reactivation or an installation, and I've been privileged to have both, um, don't pass that up. It's an incredibly rewarding experience. Plus you get to see your uh, name on the charter, which is pretty cool. Um, the path to PVP traditionally requires a stop at being a regional vice president. Despite all of your positions in Delta Sigma Pi, you, that, that's something you have yet to do. Um, do you think that hinders you or, or helps? Yeah, so, you know, I think as we look at the traditional path, right, it's beautiful that we don't have a requirement um, that folks have to be in RVP before they become PVP. Um, for me personally, because of my background, I feel prepared. I feel ready to take this step and to serve at this level. Um, let me tell you a little bit about that. So I've been fortunate in my 14 years of fraternity involvement to have experiences within the fraternity and the outside world of commerce that have prepared me through research and practice to serve on our board of directors. Within the fraternity, I've seen chapter operations from a variety of perspectives. As we just discussed, I've been a colonist, um, but I've also been a district director for multiple established chapters across two different provinces, three different regions, and I've been the district director for a reactivation effort. I've seen a variety of, I've served on and seen a variety of committees, including serving as a collegiate on the National Professional Development Committee. I've worked with multiple regional vice presidents to organize and support regional conferences, and I've served as a presenter at national events. All of those experiences have given me a strong understanding of chapter operations, fraternity operations, and how to support and mentor chapter leadership, which is a critical part of being PVP or any grand officer. Professionally, as a project manager of more than eight years, I lead teams to accomplish deliverables on time, on budget, and in scope. One of the challenges to being a project manager is similar to a challenge of being a PVP. You're managing a team where you're not an HR manager, you don't have direct responsibility, and, and there's a limit to the accountability tools that you have in your tool belt. But my ability to share the why behind our efforts, to set clear expectations for deliverables, and invest in my team as individuals to help them grow their skills and advance in their careers is what has made me successful as a project manager. On every project, my team members can tell you how our efforts relate to our company's strategic plan and how our efforts affect our customers. This experience prepares me to lead our, leader, our provincial leadership team. And last but not least, I've had the honor of serving on two boards of directors. As a collegiate, I served on Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated's International Board of Directors in a position equivalent to Delta Sigma Pi's Collegian of the Year. AKA is about four times our size in membership and in budget. As a board member, I developed leadership training, worked closely with committees, championed strategic recommendations, and delivered speeches for crowds of more than 25,000 members. I created the first undergraduate leadership scholarship endowment with the equivalent of our leadership foundation in Delta SIG. And we as a board improved our undergraduate retention, undergraduate to graduate retention rate by more than 10% during my two years of service. 
as Delta Sigma Pi looks at that transition rate and wants to increase the number of brothers who stay with us from college to alumni status, that experience is gonna be invaluable. So my experience with Alpha Kappa Alpha also provides me with a unique perspective when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. You might know from the news that AKA is a black Greek letter organization. I'm the only Caucasian to have ever served on the board of directors of one of the black Greek letter organizations. I routinely spent long weekends at conferences or in board meetings where I was the only person of my racial background. That experience gives me greater empathy and understanding of the struggles that our minority brothers face on a daily basis. Currently, I serve on the second board of directors that I've been fortunate to be part of for my church. I'm our council secretary and I'm responsible for keeping accurate minutes, ensuring the accuracy and integrity of our church elections, chairing our strategic planning committee. And I currently serve as our DEI task force chair, putting my experience as an Alpha Kappa Alpha woman and an active member of the Middleton community to work. My prior board experiences provide me with a deeper understanding of the legal and ethical obligations of our board members. Just as in business, we don't strictly promote from within, but look to add diverse perspectives by hiring individuals from different backgrounds. North Central Province has the opportunity to hire me as provincial vice president, bringing new ideas and a wealth of experience to Delta Sigma Pi's board of directors. You have just talked about your experience of being board members of other organizations. Um, based on that, what do you see as opportunities for the next Delta Sigma Pi board? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, both the organizations that I've been on the board for are very similar to Delta Sig in that we're membership based organizations and we run with a strong relationship with our executive director and then a um, strong relationship with uh, staff and volunteer leaders. So we couldn't operate without all four of those pieces. Um, and re when reflecting on my AKA board experience in particular, uh, there are three major opportunities that I see for us in the next biennium. The first is that we have to make sure we're acting in accordance with our mission. Uh, we really have one ritual and one purpose and our actions as a board should always be in alignment with that ritual and purpose. As we look at proposals or recommendations, we should be asking those tough questions of each other. Uh, does this align? Does it help us move forward on our strategic plan? What would Collegiate Brothers think? And perhaps most importantly, what's the opportunity cost from a, from a resource perspective? Um, what's the urgency or the priority? Um, in addition to those tough questions and those debates that I've been fortunate to be part of in the past, uh, I think we have an opportunity um, to really heighten our member engagement. I know I talked a bit about this, but um, our 2021 lead keynote speaker, Brother Elliot Ferguson, actually shared in his Q&A um, the, the phenomenal job that Black Greek letter organizations do with membership engagement from his perspective as an Alpha Phi Alpha brother. And um, that's, again, experience that I bring to the table, right? I've seen how Alpha Kappa Alpha engages our membership and the fact that we can have 75,000 plus active members um, is a phenomenal opportunity for us. And the, think of all the programs and, and resources that we could bring to the table if we had that sort of engagement. And then transparency, um, you know, again, board member to orgs that are volunteer and, and membership based. Um, we need to know how the goals for the year are advancing. We need to know what the actions are that are taken by our board and have the opportunity to provide feedback and, and ask critical questions. So 
Um, those are kind of the three big nuggets that I see, and we have a plan of how to implement all three of them in, in North Central. Right now, we're going through some remarkable times with the pandemic and our response to that. Um, the pandemic aside, what do you think is Delta Sigma Pi's biggest challenge right now? A great question. I feel our biggest challenge is our resources and using them to the greatest value for our membership and the world of commerce at large. I feel deeply that our brothers are our greatest resource and we have an obligation as leaders to meet our brothers where they're at, whether as collegiates with more to give beyond their chapter, as alumni balancing professions, families and outside organizations, or as brothers seeking experience to prepare for higher office. Our 2021 COI, Brennan Fetter, spoke last night on how his home chapter at Gamma Psi at University of Arizona ensures that every single brother has a role and feels ownership in the chapter. We have an obligation as grand officers, as leaders, to make sure that every brother in Delta Sigma Pi knows they have a role to play. This doesn't mean that every brother is going to be a district director or that everyone gets the opportunity to present at lead. But it does mean that every single brother who wants to be part of Delta SIG's journey is welcome to do so. Whether they've stepped back to focus on their career and their family and are re-entering and looking to return home, or whether they've been active in a leadership role from the first day of their membership, we need to meet brothers where they're at. We as leaders have an obligation to create opportunities and seats at the table of varying time commitment and skill levels whether that's a small group working together at a lead school to develop new presentations in the space of a weekend, or whether it's serving on a virtual career panel or working on a regional service, regional community service committee. By engaging brothers, we show that their individual strengths and contributions are valued and appreciated. This is driving diversity through inclusion. This is membership engagement. And this is how we make sure that our greatest resources are utilized appropriately. I looked at your website, um, Noel for pvp.com and noticed uh, your slogan is by research and practice. Why did you choose that as your slogan? Yeah, so my choice to run for provincial vice president is steeped in a deep passion for our fraternity and the four words from our purpose by research and practice describe how we as brothers come prepared to serve each other and our fellow man. And to me, they're an obligation to our leadership as well. They're an obligation to create those opportunities that we just talked about to make sure that we can research, be it through officer guides, best practices, leadership training, and to practice in our chapter and volunteer roles so that we achieve our individual crowns of success. As PVP, the slogan by research and practice is my commitment to North Central. I am and will continue to be prepared to serve you, but more importantly, when elected to the North Central Provincial Leadership Team, we, as a team, will provide opportunities to all North Central brothers to be prepared by research and practice. So um, the board has come under fire, fire this past term in its unprecedented use of emergency powers and that they've exercised um, that power more times in the past term than we have in our 100 year plus history. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that situation? Yeah, so this is a question I'm getting from a lot of brothers. 
Um, and in my perspective, emergency powers are for just that. They're for emergencies. COVID created an unprecedented challenge on a tight timeline. Um, and I think we're all sick of hearing that word unprecedented, but, but that really is what, they, what we were facing. So I understand the board's urgency and need to act in a number of those situations. However, in the case of part one, and after discussion with several board members, I'm still not clear as to what the emergency was. A month prior at GCC, a decision was made by our Congress. I was present in Atlanta and I deeply respect all of the delegates and the grand officers who took the time to discuss the pros and cons of the proposed legislation. A decision was made. When a full chapter makes a decision, we don't expect the executive committee to meet separately and overturn that decision without a clear emergency requiring their action. Because that wasn't the case with part one, if I was in the room where it happened to steal from Hamilton, um, the vote wouldn't have been unanimous. I couldn't and wouldn't vote to use emergency powers without a clear emergency that we could articulate to our membership at large. Well, if you didn't know, now you know, Mr. President, <laughs> no, just following your Hamilton lead. Um, there are further concerns that the current board are um, not following the protocol when it comes to perhaps documenting their meetings. Um, and I've heard the term star, star chamber floated about, do you have, um, what are your concerns about transparency? Yeah, so again, this is a great question that's been raised by a number of brothers. Um, as we look at the board's operations, particularly since COVID started, um, I am concerned that the board is not meeting as frequently or as long. And as I've been attending the board meetings, there's a number of proposals that are being left out of decision-making um, that would move the fraternity forward in my perspective that aren't there because of time. Um, and I also understand in talking with the board and then giving that feedback to, to board members that the board is continuing to meet outside of board meetings um, to discuss how things are going um, on a regular basis. Our bylaws and our policies and procedures are pretty clear that anytime we make a decision in a board meeting that needs to be open and it needs to be accessible to brothers. As a candidate, it's really important that all of the grand officer candidates are prepared for this transition. And so it's been opportunity in the past for brothers to travel and get that experience and that practice and that opportunity. And now it's an opportunity virtually to attend. So I am concerned that those conversations aren't taking place in an accessible manner. I'm also concerned that, um, that we wouldn't want that to be public or to be known um, that raises questions. To your point, Eddie, this all comes back to transparency and it's an opportunity for us to improve as an organization. Brothers have a right to know what decisions are being made and, and what conversations are being looked at um, because at the end of the day, it's their dues and their donations that power us as an organization. We have a right to know where the organization that we committed to for life is headed strategically, financially, operationally, and we promise in our oath to abide by the decisions. So it's really important that the decisions are transparent and that there's opportunity for feedback whenever and wherever possible. To that end, as provincial vice president, I will be meeting with the provincial leadership team prior to the board meetings 
um, to get their feedback. And my provincial leadership team will include the two past provincial COIs to make sure that we have that recent collegiate feedback as well as the provincial committee chairs with the so, RVPs. So well. going, going back to the, the change in, in part one and how that was managed, um, which actually ultimately led to the use of emergency powers, would you have done anything different in trying to manage that that transition? Yeah, so I think there were a couple of opportunities in retrospective, right, to, to do things differently. Um, first and foremost, I'm not clear since the RVPs were on their way to the national leadership retreat, why the provincial vice presidents and the board couldn't gather some more feedback from other brothers, especially being so close to, to GCC with this decision. Um, I also think, that, like I stated, anytime that emergency powers are used, we have to be crystal clear about why we're um, making that decision. And that should have been the, the first line of communication is this was the emergency, the board acted in this way to, to save us from XYZ impact. And then um, there should have been the ability for all brothers within you know, a week to jump on a call with their regional vice president, their provincial leadership team, and talk about any concerns, any changes, any questions that arose from that. So you are part of um, Lands in DEI program, and um, what opportunities for Delta Sigma Pi um, do you see based on that corporate experience? Yeah, so I am a member of Lands End's DEI Council. And uh, one of the ways that we drive inclusive inclusion at Land's End is making sure that our leadership in the DEI space is reflective of our employees. Whether you're hourly or salaried, whether you've been with the company for less than a year or whether you've been with us for more than 20 years, you have an opportunity to be part of our journey. And we really make sure that it's employee driven. The diversity of background perspectives and thoughts that come forward as a result makes us stronger as a company. I feel that Delta SIG should focus on driving diversity through inclusion, going back to our member engagement discussion, making sure that there's room for everybody and recognizing the individual contributions. That's how we'll achieve the diversity that we're seeking at a national level. And as PVP, the provincial committees that I'm responsible for are going to be diverse in background. They're gonna include collegiates. We're gonna make sure that we have a good balance of perspectives and voices and um, that we can really operate in the Delta SIG way. So speaking of uh, strategic planning, if you're elected PVP, where do you see Delta Sigma Pi in four years? Yeah, so in four years, I see us blowing our member engagement numbers out of the water. Um, I really wanna see us take Delta SIG to the next level in terms of brothers being able to come back, brothers being able to connect at all different levels. Um, it's gonna make a difference for our collegiates when it comes to that networking, those internship opportunities, those job opportunities. And as a result, we'll be able to live up to our purpose. We'll be able to live up to that impact that we wanna have on the world of commerce as a whole um, and changing the, the landscape of opportunities for Delta SIGs for generations to come. Is there anything else you think we need to know about Noel Miller or what makes you stand out as a PVP candidate? Yeah, um, you know, this is a little bit hard to, to share, but um, I've been that brother whose voice wasn't included, who wasn't um, engaged. I came back to my home province and knocked on the door 
and nobody was there. So um, I, I know how that feels to want to give more and to not be asked to come in, to not be asked to sit at the table. Um, I want every brother to know that I, I have an open door policy and you're, you're welcome to be part of this journey. We will find a place for you at the table. We will find a place for you to grow and learn and feel at home because that's what Delta Sig should be. It should be a family and it should be a place that you can always come home to. Are there any upcoming events that we should know about? Yeah, so please check out my website. Uh, Eddie mentioned it, noelleforpvp.com and register for one of my upcoming small group sessions. Uh, we're really gonna focus on 10 minutes or so on my platform and then hearing from you about your questions and your feedback, opportunity to just dialogue as brothers about what the next biennium can bring for Delta SIG. Um, in addition, there's an upcoming event on March 9th where I will be presenting on strategic planning for the fraternity as a whole. And I encourage you to register for that event on our national website under upcoming events. Well, Noelle, I would like to thank you for taking your time and expressing your views and subjecting yourself to our questions. Um, hopefully this turns into a weekly podcast. We've heard from Corey and Paul who are running for grand president and several other candidates. So we hope that this is a weekly feature that will help continue the discussion. So thank you for being my first guinea pig. Thanks, Eddie. I appreciate the opportunity. Good luck. Thanks. If you are a candidate running for Office of Delta Sigma Pi and would like to appear on a podcast, please send me a note. Check back next week for our next installment. Thank you.